you're listening to the Down East Mike Podcast, the quirky little podcast from Maine. And now, your host, Down East Mike. Why, good morning, everybody. Good morning. This is Down East Mike. You're listening to the Down East Mike Podcast. This is the magnificent episode number 40. Number 40. We've come a long way. Well, I like to think we have. Uh, I could fib and say we're still at the resort. This is actually an audio-only version. Maybe when we go back to video, I'll be back at the resort. But right now, we're not. We're actually in down east Maine, way down east. So far down east that uh, at times the fog is so thick you can cut it with a butter knife. And they used to talk, well, we won't talk about the fog. I actually had to mow the lawn this last weekend. And we've got this old John Deere tractor, lawnmower. They call it a tractor, but it's not really, it's not really a tractor in the true sense of the word. It's more like, it's more like a little buggy that you sit on, and it's got that mower deck that, uh, at this stage in its life, I don't so much cut the grass with it as I threaten it, and I get out there and. You just keep the same tank of gas in it year round. You top it up or top it off every now and then. <clears throat> and as you get out going over the grass and you're going along and the grass says, Oh, here comes down East Mike, everybody. Lie down and let him roll over you. And then when you get when he gets past, you can straighten up a bit. And that's about what I do. I get out there and I go around and around the yard. And if you look overhead, there's a big cloud of dust. And then when I look back later in the day, all I can see are like the wheel marks because it really didn't mow the lawn too much. And that's how I spent my weekend. And here we are. The week is already progressing along. I hope you're having a good day so far. I know I am. Um, We've got uh, today, we've got, uh, oh, our motto. We need to say our motto. Our motto is some of this is whimsy. Some of this is true, and the interpretation of it all is entirely up to you. Today is Tuesday, June 28th, 2022. Today's episode, we have France and Iran powering up on nukes. That's 1974. The president visiting the Soviet Union, June 28th, 1974. Gas was up 17 cents a gallon. Um... We have a cow that was hit by lightning in Auburn. That's from 1907. We have the main owl of the hour. That's a great story. And uh, we have word of the day, birthdays, and so much more. Let's get to our word of the day, actually. Our word of the day is elucidate. And that's a verb. It means to make lucid, especially by explanation or analysis, to elucidate a text, to give a clarifying explanation, something that I don't do particularly well. I tend to muddy the waters. I'm not a good elucidator. To explain, expound, explicate, explain the rules. It comes from the Latin term lucidus, which means lucid. Lucidus, in turn, comes from the verb lucere, meaning to shine. So there we have that root of it. So elucidating can be thought of as a figurative equivalent of shining a light on something that makes it easier to see. 
Here's a sentence. We have a sentence here. His vivid descriptions of some of the parrot heads who have flocked to these developments elucidate America's growing fascination with unconventional retirement scenarios. That's from the New Yorker, April 18th, 2022. First known use of elucidate was in 1568. I wasn't around at that time. Probably you weren't either, but I never know on the internet. We don't know who's listening, do we? How about the real world headlines for today? Uh, if we look around, sad story out of Texas. 46 migrants are found dead inside a tractor trailer in Texas. Uh, we have live updates of, it says from CNN, the Russia's war in Ukraine, that's going on. A hero teacher on their first on their first Amtrak trip helped save passengers in the chaos of the Missouri crash. I thought that was in Kansas. Uh, NATO summit five challenges for the military alliance. Uh, sergeant at arms in charge of securing the capital dies suddenly. I don't know if you've noticed, but people are always dying suddenly around the world tends to happen. G7 leaders agree to study Russian energy price caps. Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot makes a profane attack on SCOTUS at a pride event. We won't repeat what Mayor Lightfoot said. Those are the international headlines. That's That was nice. In our local main headlines, we have... Um, Expanded care in the works for veterans exposed to toxic substances. I think we're all exposed to toxic substances. Portland man charged with murder in Acadia hit and run. Headlines from today not that different from headlines from yesterday. Go with the flow, Waterville drivers. Some road segments downtown now open to two-way traffic. And Maine reports a slight drop in COVID-19 hospitalizations. The Bar Harbor Music Festival is back for its 56th season. I won't be seeing that, I guess. Staff shortage causes one of Bangor's two public pools to close. I would think they could keep both pools open and just alternate back and forth, keep the water fresh. And anything else you have interest? Nah. Building next to Main Lighthouse is likely to be condemned after fire. And Child thanks firefighters who saved him after hand was caught in a pool jet. Have you ever put your hand in one of those spa outlets? It sounds like that's what this kid did. His hand was caught in a pool jet. That's kind of frightening. All right, let's go look at some of the uh, other news. Uh, oh, birthdays, right. We have our birthdays. Happy birthday today to Erica and Bethel. Erica turns 82 today, worked many years in the gift shop at the hotel and makes scones that are the treasure of the church buffet. Happy birthday today to Tyler of Gorham. Tyler is a student and wants to be one of the first group to go to Mars, hopefully uh, they, they to live there or maybe just visit, they say. Tyler will be 19 today. Well, on this day, June 28, 1974, 
Nixon and Brezhnev were starting talks. They were looking to, to uh, seek lasting world peace as their week of summit talks got underway in an atmosphere of flag-waving, laughing, conviviality. Wow, laughing conviviality. The two leaders bantered and joked like old friends from the moment Nixon's Spirit of 76 jetliner touched down from Brussels until more than six hours later they turned serious with champagne toasts to one another at the Soviet state banquet in the Kremlin. So I'm wondering if they had the champagne, champagne toast before and that's why they were bantering and joking like old pals. Nixon arose against a background of biblical and, and czarist murals and responded, we both seek peace, but we seek a peace that is more than simply the absence of war. Those were heady times. Also on this day, France and Iran signed an enormous 10-year development agreement, which included a provision for the sale of five 1,000 megawatt nuclear reactors worth 1.1 billion. The deal will go a long way toward easing the acute French balance of payments problem provoked partly by the rise in oil prices. Far from seeking credits as usual in vast industrial purchases, Iran has agreed to make an advanced deposit of a million, a billion dollars in the Bank of France and to pay for three quarters of the nuclear installation cost in five years. Delivery is to be completed by 1985. Who would not like an advanced deposit of a billion dollars? You know, that would be nice to have in your bank account. On this day in uh, 1974 in Maine, it was going to be partly cloudy with the highs in the 70s. And I think that's what it's going to be today, but we'll find out a little bit later when we look at the weather. Gas rose 17 cents a gallon in New England on this day. It was around this day. It was um, 55 cents a gallon uh, in, uh, on this day. It was 17 cents more than a year ago. Uh, the average price has gone up half a cent since Memorial Day. 55 cents a gallon. You could almost afford to put the truck up on blocks and just idle the motor just to enjoy the burning the cheap gas at that price. You could go to Vina Music Company, and they were in uh, Bangor, and their ad says, maybe you can beat a drum, but you can't beat these giveaway bargains. Sidewalk sale, two-day sale Friday and Saturday for the do-it-yourself hobbyist. Broken down TVs. Portable were $5, and the console were $10. And I wonder what they look like. They're broken down, it says. Broken down stereos and phonos were $5. Uh, TV and stereo stands with casters, assorted styles, $2. Uh, that's a great price if you just want, you know, just a stand. Cassette and 8-track tapes, Western pop and instrumental, 99 cents. So depending on your taste in music, you are more paying for the, just the novelty of it for 99 cents. And, you know, you get what you get. You get used instruments, all kinds of musical odds and ends, plenty of real bargains. Stop by and browse around Vina Music Company, or you could use one of their convenient credit plans. Don't they, 
I don't know if they have inconvenient credit plans. That doesn't. Nixon, uh, oh, China was concerned over Nixon's visit. Uh, it said China's concerned over Nixon's visit to the Soviet Union, apparently fearful that the visit will ease east-west tensions at Peking's expense. Diplomatic sources observe that any improvement in relations between the Soviet Union and the U.S. or between Moscow and NATO does not augur well for China. Now, this is back in the day where you could augur well things. The Chinese feel that if tension in Europe is lessened, the Soviet Union will have an opportunity to bring more pressure to bear along the disputed Sino-Soviet border where Peking claims more than a million Soviet troops already are massed. It's nice to know that in 1974 things were exactly like they are today. You could go to Peaks Hill Lodge in Dedham. There was dancing Friday and Saturday nights from 9 to 1. Friday nights it was the downbeats featuring Lee Grover. That was Mrs. Grover's boy. He was a great player. BYOB ice and mix available. Couples only, proper attire. You could not go if you were single. And then after that, you could drive up to Dexter and stay at the Motor Lodge. You could dance to the music of U.S., period. For your dining pleasure from 5.30 to 1 p.m. That doesn't make sense. Deep fried jumbo shrimp, three ninety-five. Surf and turf from 5.30. I think it's supposed to be to 11 p.m. Six ninety-five roast beef, five ninety-five. They liked in five ninety-five filet mignon, five ninety-five. It's starting to sound like all the same stuff, and that was a Dexter Motor Lodge. If you'd never been there, that was the time to go. You know, on this day in nineteen o seven, Thomas Nealon was committed to jail from the Auburn Municipal Court. Thursday morning in default of payment of $5 in cost for intoxication. I was never arrested but once before asserted Nealon by way of excuse, but his name has been too many times on the police records for that story to pass and he went to jail. Uh, some talk has been made among those interested in Edward Little Athletics concerning a plan to fit up the clay bank on Turner Street for an athletic field where football may be played next fall. The location's almost ideal, but it would need considerable ready cash to swing the proposition. I like the way they talked. It was killed by lightning, not a man, but a valuable Jersey cow in Tuesday night's shower. G.H. Field of Park Avenue, Auburn, lost a valuable cow in Tuesday night's thunderstorm, although he did not discover the loss until Wednesday. It's usually in the morning when you go out in the field and you find your dead cow. Mr. Field, is this really his name? Mr. Field had two cows pastured, one a jersey with a bell. After the shower, he went out to bring the cows to the barn but could find no trace of either of them. He listened for the bell but he could not hear it, and after some search, in the dusk among the trees and bushes, gave up the hunt until morning. Wednesday he went out again, and after a little search, came upon the dead body of the jersey under a pine tree. The bolt had come down the trunk, splitting and splintering it, and had apparently instantly killed the animal. 
The other cow was found a little later in a clump of bushes unharmed. Stories of damage in the Tuesday evening storm still continue to come. All the stores on the north side of Court Street in Auburn between Maine and Turner had their basements badly flooded by overflow from the sewers and in some places during the height of the flow, the water spurted up two feet in the basement. In one of the heavy showers last summer, many hundred dollars worth of damage was done in the same stores. Sad times. Many Lewiston and Auburn friends will regret that Miss Julia May suffered a serious accident last week at Strong. She was standing on the edge of a box to look into her cistern when the box flipped over and the edge struck her heel a sharp blow. A small bone of the heel to which is attached the Achilles tendon was fractured, producing a painful wound. Miss May is unable to walk and may be laid up for a long time, and she's being cared for by her cousin from Oklahoma. Everyone at some point in their life should be cared for by their cousin from Oklahoma. A thrilling trip in a motorboat, one man almost given up his dead from inhaling escaping gas, the other sub-headlines here, fears that the launch would capsize in a terrible squall. Boston party reaches Portland after terrible experience in electric storm. This is the same storm that killed the cow. From Portland, Maine, after a thrilling experience of an electric storm yesterday afternoon, during which one man practically was given up as dead from asphyxiation by gas which had escaped from the pistons, the big 50-foot motor launch owned by Reverend Fred Heath, pastor of Bowdoin Square Tabernacle, Boston, arrived here today. That is one long sentence. I'm exhausted. At one time, it seemed as if the launch would be capsized by the terrific gusts of wind which heeled her over. The lightning was terrifying. There was just a quart of gasoline in the tank when she arrived. And I like the way they spell gasoline. G-A-S-O. L-E-N-E. Isn't that cute? Augustus McPherson of Boston was the victim of gas poisoning and the boat was commanded by William Hoffman of Boston. When the rain began to fall, McPherson entered the cabin and closed all the openings and sometime later he was found unconscious having inhaled exhaust gas from the pistons. Not your best source of exhaust gas. Also, Mr. Hoffman Although Mr. Hoffman believed him dead or nearly so, he dragged him onto the deck in the downpour of rain, partially revived him after nearly two hours. And as we all know, there is nothing like being revived uh, by being in the rain for two hours on, a, on the deck of a boat. Also headlines on this day, uh, we had the, see if we can zoom in on that one. The Vermont Board of Health was sending out a warning against the 4th of July, be ready for tetanus. And this is from Brattleboro, Vermont. A warning regarding the dangers uh, incident in the celebration of 4th of July has been sounded by the State Board of Health uh, through its Secretary and Executive Direct Officer, Henry Holton. The warning's entitled, What Shall the Harvest Be? And after calling attention to the danger of handling explosives, uh, suggest an, an alternative to parents as follows. If possible, persuade the boy and the youth to use his funds to visit some 
place of historic interest, the memory of which will be an inspiration to better and higher achievements. The warning also contains advice about the treatment of wounds and suggests that in addition of antiseptic dressings, from 5 to 10 cubic centimeters of tetanus antitoxin to be used as a prevention of lockjaw. Those were the days where you could get lockjaw a lot and you'd have to have your tetanus shot. The effect upon the sick, the weak, the nervous invalid, and the timid of the uh, din resulting from these explosions, the ringing of bells and various other noises are uh, depicted as aiding much suffering and prolonging many weeks of confinement to a sickbed. So basically, don't blow off your fingers with fireworks. What else do we have? Public suffering and consequence. New York was sweltering in summer heat and get no ice. The ice drivers, all 2,000 of them were on strike. Thousands of hotels and restaurants were out of cool drinks and there was suffering among the poor. Harvard won the freshman race. Perfect conditions for the closing Yale-Harvard contest that day. Yale won by four over lanes. So important that you know that today. Uh, few good men. They were looking for men to work on the railroad. Good wages. You could inquire at room 25, exchange hotel between 11 and 3. Don't come before 11. Don't come after 3. Room 25, the exchange hotel. Uh, we will pay high wages for 30 good millwrights and machinists. And that was in Rhode Island. Also looking for men willing to learn those trades. Uh, let's round this out. This is kind of a short little podcast today, but let's round it out with the main owl of the hour. And I actually heard an owl early this morning when I was up getting the coffee going and and it, it was a distinctive sound. We'll play it towards the end of the podcast here. It's listed as the most mysterious main owl. Uh, this is the long-eared owl. And we have on that one, it's the, for identification purposes, the presence or absence of horns or ear tufts on an owl is very helpful in telling species apart. The common barred owl has a smooth round head with no horns. And the same is true of the saw-wet owl and the short-eared owl. Here in Maine, the only the great horned owl and the long-eared owl have ear tufts. But on the long-eared owls, they are even longer and more pronounced than on great horned owls. Despite the fact that long-horned owls apparently nest in Maine, most Maine birders will have seen more snowy owls which nest in the Arctic and only sporadically visit Maine, than the long ears. Uh, they're, they're writing, we've heard long-eared owls a few times in Maine, but the only ones we've actually seen uh, were in other states. So very elusive. Status not well known, local numbers rise and fall. Some surveys and migration counts suggest that overall population in North America is declining. Loss of habitat may be part of the cause. They live in woodlands and, and groves. Uh, favored habitat includes dense trees for nesting and roosting, open country for hunting, and in, inhabits a wide variety of such settings, generally avoids unbroken forest. It's a medium-sized owl, 
Uh, it seems to call less often and less conspicuously than many of our other owls, and it may be overlooked in some areas where it nests. In winter, sometimes groups of a dozen or more may be found roosting together in groves of conifers, willows, or other trees. And there's one other thing. He eats mostly small mammals, poor little things. It hunts mostly at night. And it locates prey by sound or by sight and then swoops down to capture it with its talons. And no nest built. This is what we liked. The nest site is usually in a tree 4 to 30 feet above ground, usually at about mid-level in a tree, sometimes in giant cactus, not in Maine, or on a cliff ledge. No nest is built. It uses an abandoned nest built by other birds such as crows, ravens, magpies, and various hawks. The long-eared owl. You'd have to listen for it, I think. Uh, so that is that is our podcast today. Let's look at the uh, the weather forecast for today. Mostly clear with a low. Uh, sorry, for today mostly sunny uh, with a high near seventy six. The northwest wind around five miles per hour. For tomorrow Wednesday sunny with a high near seventy nine. These are good days to go paint. Thursday, sunny, 81. Friday, sunny, 87. What a nice stretch of weather. I hope you're on vacation this week. And then the 4th of July weekend, eh, showers on Saturday right now, they're saying. And Sunday, though, is supposed to be sunny and Monday, sunny. So, uh, again, a nice stretch of weather ahead. And uh, that's about it for the podcast uh, for today. And until next time, this is Down East Mike wishing you and your loved ones a day that is full of grace, love, and kindness. We'll see ya. keep my car door I'm not so sure I want to live in Maine anymore I'm driving to Vermont where the hills are green and the people there are seldom mean except when they're texting gonna learn to drive my motorcycle in the snow Gonna climb those green mountains Till there's nowhere left to go Gonna paddle my canoe Down the Winooski River I'm driving to Vermont I'm driving to Vermont Brattleboro, here we go Marlboro too a Wilmington and Dover Jamaica, look at you I'm driving in Vermont I'm driving in Vermont I'm going to Peru And Dorset too I'm Gonna jump into Lake Champlain Wash away the pain Gonna learn to drive my motorcycle in the rain gonna climb those green mountains 
canoe down the Winooski River. I'm driving to Vermont. I'm driving to Vermont. Searsburg and Grafton, Athens too. I'm driving in Vermont. And Pulteney, Bennington, and Rupert. I'm driving in Vermont. A maple leaf just flew over my head. I learned to ride my motorcycle in the snow. Gonna climb those green mountains. Till there's nowhere left to go Gonna paddle my canoe down the Winooski River I'm driving in Vermont I'm driving in Vermont